gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. Welcome to My Two Cents Podcast. This is episode 100. I am your host, G2. And before I get into the topics today, I just want to read off the National Food Days of the Week. Today being November 13th, it is Indian Pudding Day. Tomorrow, November 14th, it is Spicy Guacamole Day, as well as Pickle Day. November 15th, Spicy Hermit Cookie Day, which is a weird thing to me. Uh, November 16th, Fast Food Day. November 17th, Homemade Bread Day, as well as Baklava Day. November 18th, Apple Cider Day, and November 19th, Macchiato Day. Now, as usual, there's always some type of condolences that happen somehow every week. And last Saturday, I did not cover this one because there was not a lot of details out yet about it. But Aaron Carter, Aaron Carter uh, passed away at his home in Lancaster of California. Um, This comes from the LA Times. Officials have not declared technically what caused Aaron Carter's death. They're still waiting on his um, chemical test, but they would say that Aaron Carter, who was 34, was found dead in his bathtub, according to two law enforcement sources, who asked not to be identified because they were not authorized to speak publicly. L.A. County Sheriff's deputies said they received a call about 11 a.m. from a housekeeper who found Carter unresponsive. Authorities say they were investigating the circumstances surrounding his death. A source told the Times that investigators found evidence of medications and compressed air in the home's master bedroom and bathroom, according to the source, who was familiar the investigation but not authorized to discuss it publicly. Carter had been in the bathtub for some time when his body was discovered. And they say that toxicology uh, results from the autopsy could take several days. Now, I knew of Aaron Carter because he did like the soundtrack, I believe, for Jimmy Neutron's uh, movie. But other than that, I didn't know much about Aaron Carter. I believe he's the younger brother of Backstreet uh, Boys singer Nick Carter. But that's like the only thing I know. And even then, I still don't know much about like boy band stuff. That was never my genre of music that me nor my siblings listen to. But the only thing I know about Aaron seeing him like, being posted up on social media and everything else was him with the neck tattoos with tattoos on his face and you could just see that people were always concerned for him i never got it until i started doing some research on aaron carter and aaron carter was a troubled uh kid aaron carter was troubled individual yes he grew up around a famous brother who was able to tour around everything else yes he was a kid that uh was able to live out a lot of kids dreams at a real young age go out perform in front of the world be rich be famous and all that type of stuff but when you are that young and you are that rich and famous at a such young age and you have parents that technically control your money because you're not old enough to control your money there's going to be some uh situations that's going to hurt you down the line especially if you don't have the right people to help you manage your money or just help you in general because in 2017 aaron carter would do a e interview and I just want to play you a soundbite from that because this is a bigger uh, situation that I want to talk about especially with people having their kids going into Hollywood but 
Here's the sound bite. I go on my Twitter and I see people saying, you look like you have AIDS, you should go die. I don't understand how I dedicated 22 years of my life to my fans and now they turn on me. Do you regret ever getting involved in- I didn't have life? a choice. It got bad when I was about 15 years old because when I did MTV Cribs, the day that I had to go show off that house, my mom and my dad told me, we're getting a divorce, but you still have to go do this. I had to go show off all the stuff my whole life that was gonna be taken away from me now in that sound but you just heard aaron carter talk about a couple things that i just want to touch on just briefly here he talked about one entertaining people for a good amount of years but then they turn their backs on them that's human life especially for like children entertainers we all see them as children we all see them growing up in the social light and then when they turn into adults and they start literally doing what every other adult does they start getting out of their child uh, ways they start experimenting with adult things either it be drugs alcohol or even uh sexual activities we might not see it we might see it certain people might have a demise certain people might keep a secret until it gets exposed out to the world we all then turn our backs on these kids or these people that we saw as kids at one point but we still see them as kids in our eyes because we saw them as a child child star or child singer or whatever it may be and that plays with their heads because now you are just subjected to hatred from people now. And you thought that, okay, I gave my life to you guys. I gave my like whole childhood to you guys to entertain you guys while I had to sacrifice my youth. And now I'm out here exploring and now you guys are just turning your backs on me. One, that's not, they, that's not right to them because they just wanted to do something for not just for themselves, but also for their family. Cause he mentioned that towards the end that his mother or father was getting a divorce whenever he had to do the MTV cribs episode. And in that divorce, he mentioned that he was going to lose everything. Now, if you guys go to uh, YouTube and type in DJ Vlad and just look up Aaron Carter, there's going to be a video that he talks about how his mother and father blew through $500 million of his money and that they had like 15 homes, 30 cars. And you just understand why I'm getting at here. You got to have the right parental guidance around you. If you want to put your kids in Hollywood, especially if you want to have your kid in Hollywood, you got to have the right parental guidance. You got to have the right people around you. You got to have just everything It's so weird and janky whenever you see child stars get into Hollywood and you see parents and then you see later in life, the kids are adults and then they talk crap or just mentioning their parent was a piece of crap to them. And you'd never ever know that because, again, you don't know anybody's private life until they come out there and just say it. And that happens a lot. You had that with Jeanette McCarthy, the girl that uh, was on iCarly. She just wrote a book about how her mother was controlling and all this type of stuff. And now she's been dealing with that until like her mother died. And now she's finally expressing that in her book that she wrote about. You have that with Britney Spears. Again, another child star who had to go through a lot of crap just to get her freedom from her parents, if you will. And there's been a whole litany of that with child stars that you once saw them as a child, they grow up in front of your eyes, you see them now as adults, and then now they're going to come out and say all the type of stuff that that was really inside them for some time now that they couldn't really express because either A, their parents were alive, either B, they didn't have control over their finances, or either C, they just didn't have control over anything they uh, couldn't say. There was a lot of things that these child stars just couldn't 
like say out to the public because now you can now the internet's a situation now the internet's a thing and now they feel that they can't do it because they have some type of courage to say these type of things and i just want parents to know that if you're going to get your kid into hollywood one be be ready for it two make sure your kid's ready for it and actually want to do it and don't force them into this because hollywood the entertainment business is not a fun and easy thing it might seem fun because of the finished product but during that process you're going to see a lot of people stress out bug out and certain kids might have to take some type of drug and i don't even want to throw that out in the air but you have heard from many documentaries and all these things that come out in the limelight you can even search it up yourself about these former stars coming out and talking about how they took drugs during uh the movie sets or during commercials of the television sets that they were working on and all this type of crap it's out there it's publicized it's not just me saying it it's actually out there you can search it yourself and that's something that you need to be aware of and you need to be aware of also who your kid is also going to be hanging around meaning as is it they're going to be an adult that's going to try to push some type of stuff on your drug on your kids try to touch your kid in a way that it seems real real not like friendly as in like predatory is they're going to try to groom your kid and there's a lot of nastiness that goes down in hollywood it gets talked about but gets like really swept underneath the rug a lot too until years later when it were uh a hollywood director gets busted and pop and then you hear about uh the young adult well the young kid that's now an adult come out and say yeah i got molested i got touched by this director and blah 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 but i want parents and i want kids that are thinking about going to Hollywood, please know there are dangers going into Hollywood. There's a lot of scrutiny that goes into Hollywood, especially now with social media really ramping up and revving up the way that it is and has been doing for the past, I'll say about the past decade, social media has been dominating the scene. Social media has been dominating everything. So if you're going into Hollywood, know there's going to be detractors. There's going to be people that's going to be hating on you. There's going to be people that's going to tell you that they want you to die, which is a real, real hard thing to do. And a real, real hard thing to say, especially since you're a kid and you don't understand why they're saying this stuff to you. People are just not happy in their own life. That's the reason why they're saying this stuff to you. Or they just might not be happy with the character that you're playing on a television show or on a movie. So they don't know how to really separate the two. Um, but just know that Hollywood is a beast. It is a monster. And you got to try to at least navigate that scene the best way that you can and hopefully you have the best parents that will actually guide you in that scene and make sure that you're good make sure that you're fine so you won't end up like and i hate to say this like this like people that like the aaron carters like the uh jeanette mccarty situations or the shia labeouf situations all those type of like hollywood people that you saw as a kid growing up it's just uh one of those situations so again um, rest in peace, Aaron Carter. I am again. This is still crazy to see somebody so young, thirty-four, dying. But it is what it is now. At this time, I'm thinking I'm getting like desensitized to people dying now, as it's going constantly happening every single week. I come here with condolences. I'm thinking I'm getting desensitized by people of my age bracket dying. But again, I don't want to see that happen to nobody. So I gotta always say condolences. 
Uh, so condolences to the Carter family. I hope that people are taking notice of this. And I hope people in Hollywood that have children in Hollywood look into this Aaron Carter situation and actually dive in and study that and actually can see the pitfalls of certain avenues or where Aaron Carter pitfalled at. And you can actually detract and make sure your kid doesn't fall through those pitfalls as well. But again, this is just a study for people. This is just a PTA for parents and kids that are going into Hollywood or that in Hollywood right now. Please be aware of the dangers. Please be aware of what your parents are doing with your finance. And parents, please don't blow your kids money that they're working so hard to gain as they're working in Hollywood. Don't blow it on yourselves and don't blow it on stupid crap. Save it. You can invest it in other things to make the money actually work for you. But again, that's just my little uh, PSA there. Now on to the next topic as this comes from Seattle Times as it reads, two teens held in juvenile detention after Ingram High School shooting in Seattle. A King County judge found probable cause Wednesday to hold a 14-year-old boy in juvenile detention on suspicion of premeditated first-degree murder in a fatal shooting the day before at Ingram High School. The teen arrested on a Metro bus roughly an hour after gunfire rang out in the hallway at the North Seattle School was one of two ordered to remain in detention by Chief Juvenile Court Judge Avril Rothrock. The other, a 15-year-old boy, is suspected of rendering criminal assistance to the suspected shooter and unlawfully possessing a gun. The 14-year-old waived his first appearance at the judge, Patricia H. Clark Children and Family Justice Center, where Rothrock found probable causes for two additional charges, second-degree unlawful possession of a firearm and possession of a dangerous weapon on school property. The boy's parents attended by phone but did not address the court. A person representing the family of the victim also listened to the hearing by phone, according to the prosecutor who told Rothrock that the victim's mother was admitted to a hospital in the aftermath of the shooting. Now, the medical examiner's office has not yet publicly identified the student who was killed. The Seattle Times typically does not name juvenile suspects unless they are charged as adults. Police responded to the reports of shots fired at the North Seattle High School around 10 a.m. Tuesday and arrested the two suspects about an hour later. They would go on to say that the prosecutor told the judge that they found a 357 caliber handgun was found in the 15-year-old boy's backpack. The gun's magazine was empty, but there was a round in the slide that appeared to match the caliber of shell casings recovered by the police at the shooting scene. Uh, though the 15-year-old boy's involvement is still under investigation, witnesses reported seeing him with the 14-year-old boy before the shooting, the prosecutor said. So prosecutors are expected to file charges against both teens this Monday. Now, Again, I don't know what's going on with a lot of these school shootings that's going on around here. I don't I don't know what's going down, but when I read more into this, there was something that I found weird about this. The defense attorney for the 15-year-old boy that was held in this, that apparently was like the assistant to this uh, shooting, his parents would tell the judge that he's never been in trouble, he's a good kid, and they just moved to Seattle from Auburn. So... I don't know how long they just moved to Seattle. If they just said they just moved here recently. So recently to me is about, what, two, three months. That's like recent to me. Four months, you at least get a little bit acclimated to the people around you. Two to three months, it flies by so quick. So that's the reason why I say that's recently. But if it's four months, that is literally one third of the year. You at least got acclimated to some people around. 
So recently to me, it's two to three months. But here's my thing. What made the kid want to go to the school with the gun and start shooting or at least shooting someone? It doesn't make sense. We have not, or at least I haven't seen nobody like in the media talk about like what made the kid do it. What was his reasoning or any of that magnitude? Nothing has been found out yet. The judge did decide to keep the 15-year-old boy inside the detention uh, center by saying, I'm going to let things calm down a little and maintain the status quo for today, she said. But she did say we will revisit uh, this opinion and matter on a second court appearance this upcoming week. So this week that you're listening to this right now, well, that this has been published. Uh, Although in the article, it would say under state law, cases involving 16 and 17-year-olds charged with serious violent offenses, including first and second degree murder and first degree rape, assault and manslaughter can be auto declined, meaning the juvenile court automatically declines jurisdiction and the criminal case is filed in adult or superior court. So I don't know what is going to go happen with this kid. I don't know what's going to go down. But again, I am always against the whole going to the school with a gun, shooting up some the school. I don't ever, ever rock with that. I don't know what happened. In all these other cases, you'll we will find out in due time why any of the school shootings usually happen. What was the meaning? What was the message? So for this one, I say just give it a little bit more time. We're going to find out what happened. We're going to hear from the kid to, trying to get some type of understanding to see where his head was at and all this. Again, shooting schools are never right. I just want to know why he decided to do it. So hopefully we'll get that answer in the next following weeks. Only time will tell. Now, off to the next topic here, another person doing some idiotic, as it's come from CBS, as it would read, suspect arrested after seven fires set across Mississippi capital city, including at churches and field at Jackson State University, as the article will read. Authorities have arrested a suspect in connection with seven fires set across Mississippi's capital city early Tuesday. At least two of the buildings set ablaze in Jackson were churches. One was burned to the ground. Another fire broke out on fences surrounding the baseball practice field at Jackson State University, a historically black public university. No injuries were reported. I've been here for 30 years. This is a major occurrence. Patrick Arman, assistant fire chief for the Jackson Fire Department, told WAPT-TV, this is not something we normally go to. We have about a third of our department on sites. After a search that lasted several hours, the Hines County Sheriff's Office announced Tuesday afternoon that they had arrested Devin McLaurin in a connection with the arsons. They did not provide any information about McLaurin's motivation. A spokesperson for the Jackson Police Department said he is being charged with felony malicious mischief. He is being questioned by the FBI agents and may face additional charges. It was unclear whether McLaurin had an attorney who could comment on his behalf. Officials started to receive calls around 2.45 a.m. Officials said six of the seven fires were put out by 6 a.m. One of them was one of the oldest predominantly black Churches in Mississippi was burned for more than four hours before the fire was extinguished. So this is heartbreaking. Um, You got places being burned down. You got a church that is a place where people go for refuge. People go for spirituality that has not been burned down. It was said that one of the churches just got done having their repairs like done in March of this year. So Lenny got to spend a couple months inside the building before he gets burned down. And it's just it's disheartening if I'm going to be honest with you, because, again, I'm a man of 
not so much the faith of Bible or going into a church. I'm more the faith of a spiritual figure as in God up there. And I do my prayers every morning. So I know how it is just to have that place for safe haven where you can just go there, relax your mind and just put your body at ease just so you can talk to somebody or something. And for this man, allegedly, again, they're not saying he actually did it. They're saying that they have somebody that's a suspect that did do it. So I want them to make sure that this is the guy before we start really throwing eggs and throwing stones at the man. But for right now, let me just go with this. For a church or two churches in general, one burned down to literally its ground to be burned and just be set ablaze. And now you have people that are disappointed in that, that have gone to that church majority of their whole entire lives. That's a, uh, that's disheartening. They're going to have to go find another church. Certain people are real, real, uh, real, real skeptical about going to other people's churches because certain people might not have the right pastor or people might not have the right people around or the mobility might not be right or something. They always find something with the building or something with this place that they're going to. They're just used to that building. They're used to just being at one specific place. It's that common it's the commonality that they have. It's their usual uh, safe place. It's their usual place that they went to. Now they don't have it no more. Now it's just down to ashes and rubble. It's just disheartening for them. I don't think that that was right. I don't think that churches should be burned ever. The only one that I can say for me personally is usually like the Catholic churches because, again, we have the whole deal with Catholic churches with the boys being touched that's why i'm like always like okay if a church of a catholic religion gets burned i'm not ever too like upset about that because we know what goes down in there at least allegedly in all the history of stories about catholic boys being like touched and like molested by that but you don't ever really hear that about black churches if anything you hear about certain people in the congregation like cheating with members of the church but like molestation no you don't usually hear that people in the church usually get over the adultery part because you guys are adults. You guys are willing to do that. So that's like, OK, cool. But like molestation, nobody's ever like cool with that. So that's why I think, at least for me, people shouldn't have the problem if like a Catholic building gets burned down. Yes, it's going to be sad because you got historical landmarks in there being burned. But like eh, certain nastiness has happened inside those Catholic buildings. And I don't think people need to relive those like images or have those ideologies in their head when they think of that Catholic building. Anyway, I'm getting off track here. Um, this is a sad thing. I'm sad for the people in Mississippi that lost their safe haven in their church. I'm sad that someone would decide to want to burn down a church and just burn down different areas. I mean, this is crazy. This is wild. But at least there were no injuries reported. Nobody did die. It only was a building. So hopefully people understand. Also, here's a message I do want people to understand. Your church was never in that building. It was just a building. Your religion, your faith, your God is all in you. You got to carry that with you either to your home. Trust me, reading the Bible, talking to God, all that type of stuff, it will take, it will give you some stability. It will give you some uh, place. It will give you some peace of mind. Just because you can't go in that building, that does not mean you still do not have the faith of the religion of Christianity or whatever religion that you are, just in general. This is me getting out of the whole 
uh, building burnout situation, this is me speaking in general, if your place happens to burn that you go to for worship and all this type of stuff, for any religion, always remember that you can't always go to your home and read whatever uh, spiritual book that you have and talk to your spiritual uh, leader, spiritual uh, person in high power, if you will. Certain people have God, certain people have Allah. There's this different name for God, but you get the drift I'm getting at here. I'm running in circles. You can go home and still do about your daily routine that you would do at your place of worship. You can read, you can meditate, you can pray, you can do all that stuff. Church is not the building, church is in you. That's just something that I want to leave you guys with before I get off this topic. So again, I'm sorry to the people in Mississippi that lost their safe haven in their safe place because somebody happened to burn down their church. Now, off to the next topic that is come from the Associated Press. Ex-student accused in racist attack banned from campus. As a read, a white University of Kentucky student accused of physically assaulting a black student worker while repeatedly using racial slurs has been permanently banned from the school. Sophia Rosing is no longer a student at the university following the incident last Sunday and will not be allowed to re-enroll, the university president said in a message to the University of Kentucky community Wednesday. The school's investigation continues. Sophia was set to graduate in May. She will seek help for issues she has. Her attorney said Tuesday, campus police charged Sophia with first and second degree offenses of alcohol intoxication in a public place, third degree assault of a police officer, fourth degree assault, and second degree disorderly conduct according to an arrest report. Sophia pleaded not guilty to the charges Monday afternoon and bonded out of jail later in the day. She's very humiliated and embarrassed and remorseful, Sophia's attorney would say. The university president said in a message that this behavior was disgusting and devastating to our community. We stand by our students who were targeted by this unacceptable hostility and violence, he said. Sophia was suspended on interim basis within hours after university officials learned of the incident. The suspension banned her from campus during the investigation. The university president said the altercation at Boyd Hall was captured on video and posted on multiple social media platforms. Kyla Spring, a freshman working as a desk clerk, says in the video that Sophia hit her multiple times and kicked her in the stomach. Spring said the attack began when she asked Sophia, who appeared to be intoxicated, if she was okay. Sophia can be heard using racial slurs throughout the video, and a police report says she continued using derogatory language after being taken into custody. Spring, who was working an overnight shift, never retaliated and said at one point, I don't get paid enough for this. After police arrived, Sophia told the officer that she has lots of money and gets special treatment, according to an arrest affidavit. When I told her to sit back in the chair, she kicked me and bit my hand. Okay, so this girl has now been banned. She's going to be facing some charges, probably getting a slap on the wrist or some type of case. This is what I mean. This is whenever I say drink responsibly, when I talk about the National Food Days of the Week, and there's always some type of alcohol, and I say drink responsibly, this is the type of crap that I mean. And probably even worse, this comes off lighthearted, if I'm being honest with you. Kicking and screaming and biting somebody, well, not screaming, but kicking and biting somebody, hitting somebody, that's always like a light thing. Nobody will want that to ever happen to them, but somebody that's intoxicated, sometimes they're not control all their functions, and usually people say that whenever you want to hear the truth, give somebody some alcohol, and then you start hearing the truth from them. 
and you could get somebody's true actual opinions of what they think about you. This girl right here, oh, again, white girl, blonde hair, blue eyes, at least by the mugshot that I see from her right here. It's crazy to me. It's not crazy in a sense, because this is stuff that I already know. Like, come on now. You know what it is when you see certain individuals, you're like, okay, you kind of can see where this whole thing might take them. Whenever somebody get arrested, like, okay, slapping a wrist because pretty girl and all this type of stuff. Kentucky, still in the South region and that type of thing. The usual South is usually predominantly white dominated in the educational uh, field. So you're going to think that she's going to get slapped on the wrist and all that type of stuff. For her to get banned from this university, okay. She's supposed to graduate in May. What does that leave her now? Is she going to go to another university? And if she does, they're going to have to be aware of why she got banned off of her previous campus. And they're probably going to put her on like some probation or something. But ugh. only thing I say is this. Please drink responsibly, ladies and gentlemen. This was disgusting. I saw the video like earlier this week and I was like, okay, this is stupid. I've... Ugh. I don't like people not knowing their limits in alcohol. I'm not going to get on the whole race situation because we all know what it is. We know what country that, well, I'll say this. If you're in America, because I have listeners from around the world listening to this, if you're from America and you guys know about the American dream, the American dream is you come here, you uh, work a job, you try to find a job that you like, you get a nice house, the white picket fence, some kids, a dog, that's usually American dream. That's the usual thing where people think about America and also you get to uh, come here and live your life do whatever you want that you couldn't do in other countries yes that is true to certain extents now when you come here there are certain things that you have to realize that usually when you're white over here you dominate over here because the system over here works for you while other people and other minorities that stuff does not work for us we have to somehow cheat the systems find loopholes through the system for us to even make it with our head above water instead of drowning in this whole crap fest of America usually, but America does give you some benefits that other countries do not. I do want to put that in America's hands, but when you are a minority here, you got to understand exactly what country you're in. You got to understand what type of rules you're playing by. You got to understand the type of double standards there here there is over here. So again, this report right here, it seemed to me too clean cut. You didn't see words like belligerent. You didn't see words of of a more defamating type of language that would make somebody seem more villainous like you would see if this article was about a black individual. Now, the only thing that was anything bad about this thing in here was racial slurs were used. Now, when we think of racial slurs, we think of usually the N word when it comes out of white people's mouth when it comes down to a black person. And usually that's more or less what it was that she said. So for me, again, this is common. I don't like to read or see anything of this magnitude to my face or ears because, again, nothing's really going to change about this. Usually it's always a white person getting drunk. They see a black person. They get into a tussle or something, and they always say the N-word out their mouth. It's not like we don't know you guys say the N-word. Like in the raps, whenever you're singing along, or even in your own public, not public, but private domain, and you're around your close nick of people, and you say the N words, we all know you guys do. But when you say it to somebody as you're drunk, we are now left with, okay, do we sock somebody 
do we hit you with the fade? Do we let this slide because you're drunk? We try to figure out all these things that float through our heads at the moment because you're being disrespected at that moment. And usually, I can at least say for me, I don't like being disrespected unless I can actually just walk away. Now, if you're a Joe Blow, I can walk away from you. But if it's somebody that's just walking up in my face and just getting mad aggressive and everything else, I'm not sure how much restraint I got. I got a lot in me, but once you start getting my personal space, that's whenever I got to like push you off. Like, all right, move back away from me. And again, this woman showed a lot of restraint. She didn't hit her back. She didn't do nothing, even though she was getting kicked and punching all this type of stuff. I got to applaud this black woman right here. Um, it's just, again, it's a part of the course here. When you're in America and you're a minority, you got to know who you're around, what you're around, your location, your area. You just got to know. And for me, I never had somebody just walk up to me and just be drunk and say the N-word to me. I've had people make like crude uh, stereotype like jokes towards me. But the N-word, nah, I never seen nobody step that line to me at all, ever. So I'm, again, got to just give this woman, uh, Kyla Spring, a lot of respect, a lot of like props to her for not punching or socking this woman in the mouth, even seeing her being intoxicated. Her first word was to ask her, is she okay? Which led to all this crap. See, me, I just would have let it go. Like, yep, all right, this person drunk, let them just walk by, do something with themselves. But again, that's just me. Everybody's different. This woman cared for that lady, and she ended up getting punched, kicked, and all that crap. And now you see this uh, consequences for Sophia Rosing. So again, for anybody that is going to drink out just in the weekends, or you're just drinking in general, please know your limitations. Please know how much you can actually take of a certain drink of a certain type, so you will not become uh, belligerent, become idiotic, become intoxicated to the point that you have no control of your body. And just start spewing anything out. Because again, we don't want people to end up getting into a situation where a fade will be run on you. Even if you're drunk, you can still catch the hands. You can still catch the fade for certain individuals. Not everybody's going to be a pessimist like this woman over here. Certain people are going to be like, they're going to ask you, are you okay? And then you start just saying some foul stuff out your mouth. You're going to get lit up real quick. Because certain people don't take that disrespect. So again, anybody that's going to drink. Please know your limits, know your surroundings, because again, you can get lit up by individuals just by coming reckless out the mouth. Just want to put that out there. Now, on to the next topic, as this comes from Reuters, as it pertains to Alex Jones. Alex Jones ordered to pay $473 million in punitive damages in Sandy Hook defamation case. Conspiracy theorists, Alex Jones must pay $473 million in punitive damages for his defamation claims about the 2012 Sandy Hook mass shootings, a Connecticut judge ruled on Thursday. The ruling came a month after a jury in Waterbury, Connecticut, found that Jones and the parent company of his InfoWars website must pay more than a dozen relatives of the Sandy Hook victims nearly $1 billion in compensatory damages for falsely claiming they were actors who staged the shooting as part of a government plot to seize America's guns. In a separate order late Wednesday, the judge temporarily blocked Jones from moving any personal assets out of the country. The ruling came at the request of the plaintiffs who claimed Jones is trying to hide assets to avoid paying. Duh. You having to pay that much money? Yeah, anybody's going to try to avoid paying that by hiding their money and personal assets out of the country. So, yeah, that's kind of the smart move that he was trying to do, but he, that got blocked. Any money that he did move over to another country, that's over there now. So, that man has to now 
pay up $473 million. So, hey, that is what it is to him. Again, this is something that I want everybody to learn out here, something that I personally am trying to learn and keep also control of myself as I say certain things about certain topics. You can't just be reckless out here. You got to make sure you're saying the right things. You got to make sure you're using words like allegedly or things of that magnitude so you will not get sued out here by other companies and also by people because if you lose allegedly you have that right to say listen this is what allegedly could happen or not you're just throwing out an opinion but you're not stating it as facts you're saying allegedly allegedly is another word for opinion based not fact based when you say those type of things so that's the reason why you need to use words like that or words surrounding something that has an opinion not a fact that you're stamping as fact now, with conspiracy theories, you got to be able to work within certain lines. Certain lines you can color in, certain lines you can't color in. You just got to make sure that you're good in those areas because, again, anybody can sue anybody now. We're in the age where people are getting sued left and right. You got to know what's going to happen, you know, who can't sue you at any moment in time. So please, ladies and gentlemen, use your words carefully while you're on these platforms, whether on YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, uh, even podcasting. Anything out here that you are using your voice or even potent out there, you got to be careful because certain people might see it. You might get sued for it and just know that things can happen. So please be careful out there. That's something I am working on myself to make sure I never get sued. So again, please use allegedly and please try to make it as opinion based, never fact based. If you never, ever have the facts or you're not getting it from a credible source, that's the reason why I cite all my sources at the beginning where I read it to you from to where I'm getting these sources from. Now, on to the next topic coming from TMZ. As it's talking about Drake and 21 Savage and their whole situation with Vogue as it reads, Judge Yank's phony Vogue covers. Score one for Anna Wintour in the Vogue war with Drake and 21 Savage. A judge is forcing the rappers to shut down all of their album promotions using a fake magazine cover at least for now. Vogue publishers slapped the duo with a lawsuit over the promos they plastered around several cities and online. The phony Vogue cover featuring 21 and Drizzy was used to hype their new album, Her Loss. Now a federal judge is siding with Vogue by issuing a temporary restraining order to shut down all current and future use and display of the mock-up cover. The order also blocks them from using Vogue editor-in-chief Anna Wintour's likeness. Prior to the album's release, Drake had posted the fake Vogue and even shouted out Anna, thanking her for putting them on the cover. Of course, that was all made up, and in fact, Vogue says it had explicitly told Drake and 21 they did not have permission to do the Vogue stunt. Drake's taken down that post in accordance with the restraining order. There's a court hearing scheduled for November 22nd on the matter, wherein both sides can present their cases. Vogue also sued for $4 million in damages, but the court hasn't addressed that yet. So, okay, Drake and 21 Savage are getting sued by Vogue for using Vogue's name in a fake promo cover for their whole album that just got released, what, last week? This is stupid. I'm not going to hold you. Vogue, you just sent them a cease and desist, like, yo, stop it. Stop playing with our name like that, and just that's it. You're trying to sue and get money. This is a money grab to me. I'm just going to be blown with you. This is a money grab. Vogue knows what it is. You can just send somebody a cease and desist. Yo, quit doing that. Stop it. Nike didn't even sue Little Nas X when Little Nas X did the whole little Satan thing. They just sent that man a cease and desist. Ayo, my man, quit playing with me. 
That's what Nike did. They sent little Nas as a season. This is. I think Nike is way bigger than Vogue, and Vogue's trying to sue Drake in twenty one for four million dollars. Yo, this is a money grab. Get this out of here. Send them a cease and desist. Stop it. You're about to waste the judge time. You're wasting lawyers' times. Lawyers are getting fed off of this. This is stupid right here. This is complete insanity. I get it. You told them not to use Vogue. You didn't give them permission. Yeah, cool, fine. But you know what's funny to me? If it's a spoof, how can you sue somebody over a spoof? Usually, I think that was supposed to be like creative like expression. Artists and like people that are spoofing certain situations, they get like certain type of things that like protects them around spoofing because you see it on YouTube, people spoofing music, people spoofing uh movies, people spoofing all these other things. I never hear about people getting slapped with a cease and desist on YouTube over certain situations. I mean, there might be certain ones that might be real foul and real flagrant that they might get slapped with one, but like it never gets like bubbled to the top. But even then, you would think certain places would cover it. I've never heard of a like artist ever get hit with a cease and desist over like a spoof. I never heard of it, but different times we're living in. People can sue people over anything. I just said that. So Vogue's trying to sue 21 and Drake. Not trying. They are doing, but I don't think they're going to get money out of it. I think the judge is going to throw it out and say, yo, listen, just don't do that. Quit. And just like throw that whole Vogue crap away. So... Vogue, quit with the money grab. Stop it now. Stop it. Now, off to the next topic, as this talking about Adidas. My guys, Adidas, you guys are trying to snake out somebody, and I don't like it, but it's fine. This comes from CNN Business. Adidas will continue to sell Kanye West's shoe designs without the Yeezy name. I think I said this whenever I talked about Yeezy uh, being dropped by Adidas, but this further goes on. Adidas ended its sneaker partnership with Ye, formerly known as Kanye West, last month after the musician's anti-Semitic tirade, but Adidas will continue to sell the lucrative shoe and apparel line stripped of the Yeezy name and branding. The company said it's the sole owner of all Yeezy line design rights for both existing and future colors and versions. Selling the sneaker under Adidas' own branding will save the company about $300 million in royalty payments and marketing fees. Going forward, we will leverage the existing inventory with the exact plans being developed as we speak, Adidas finance chief said Wednesday. They will go on to say that the Yeezy products generated nearly $2 billion in sales last year for Adidas, accounting for 8% of the company's total sales. According to Morgan Stanley, the line also helped Adidas get shelf space at major retailers and brought new customers into the stores who purchased other Adidas merchandise. Duh, because it was Kanye that was bringing them in, but I digress. And then the partnership cost Adidas more than $250 million in profit and $500 million in lost revenue, the company said Wednesday. Now, TMZ would report that Adidas' contract does entitle Kanye to a fee for the rebranding of Yeezys, but they say there is a rub to it. As it would report, sources with direct knowledge of the deal, yay, signed with Adidas, tells us there's a clause in the contract that calls for the rapper slash designer to get a reduced fee if Adidas sells his designs without his brandings. TMZ did ask the German shoe company if it planned to follow through on paying Ye's reduced fee, and the spokesperson said he's getting zero, zilch, null, bupkis. Now, there's most likely a moral clause in the contract as well, and Adidas could easily say Ye's hate speech constituted a breach which nullified their deal. Adidas is providing no further explanation. So, Adidas does have to pay Kanye some money if they do happen to sell his designs and or shoe or color without his name on it it is in the contract but who knows they 
teams, he said they spoke to a person and they said they're going to get nothing, that he's going to get absolutely nothing. I can see with them saying that to TMZ and TMZ publishing this, as I just read it to you, I can see Kanye probably talking to a lawyer and say, hey, yo, you heard what they just said. I need my I need my stuff being run. I need them to straight up send me my money off top to give me what is rightfully mine. Because I, let me say this, Kanye said some things about the Jewish community. He got lashed by it. Companies dropped him. Agencies dropped him. All this stuff has happened to him. He's apologized to the black community about the George Floyd situation. And I don't know what's going on behind the scenes. But again, I think this is some slap on the wrist, slap on the hands, beating up situation to Kanye to kind of like bring him back down to humanize him. Even though, God bless you guys, know Kanye is not going to be humanized and humble. He's going to be humble for a little bit. Let's not get it twisted because that's usually what happens because people got to regain their senses and everything else. But you got to remember, this is Kanye West at the end of the day. This is a man that's a genius. This is a man that has always just constantly overcome obstacles after obstacles and made his dreams come true. So it's hard to keep a man that's humble, that's always making his dreams come true and keep him humble. That's not always going to happen. So you know what's going to happen. So Kanye's going to be sitting in timeout for a situation right now before everybody starts rocking with him again, before he goes to another shoe company or even sign back with Adidas or even to Nike, who knows? People might say, that's not going to happen. You don't know. The money is the money. Companies care about the money. This whole public backlash is only going to be around for a little bit of time, but the money is what really runs them all, because if they really cared about people's feelings and everything else, they would not be a rich, big conglomerate. These big conglomerates, they stepped on a lot of people. They did some pretty dick-dashly nasty things in their past to get to that status where they're at now, where they're feeding not just themselves, not just their kids, but generations of kids after them to be in the spot. So let me say this now perfectly clear to you. I think they're they're going to pay Kanye his money. I think that they just did that to be tough in the public light and just tell everybody, yo, we're not going to pay him nothing. But privately, they probably talked to him, gave him something and all that type of stuff. Because I'm surprised Ye didn't say something off top just with this information being brought out here i'm surprised we haven't heard nothing from him but i'm glad we haven't i'm glad he's sitting back just being in the dark just don't say nothing talk to a lawyer if they haven't if adidas haven't talked to you but if they have just case just stay silent make some designs because i know your brain is constantly moving do something make beats make music do something hang with your kids do all this type of stuff that you got to do to get your creative juices and just keep them flowing and not be destructive, Kanye. Do not be destructive. That's all you have to do. Wait in the dark. Relax. And when you pop out, you have all these products and everything ready to sell again. And just do that. Just relax. Don't say nothing. Adidas is going to pay you one way or another. Either from the judge or they're going to pay you secretly without nobody else, a.k.a. the public, knowing. Unless you happen to say something. But again... I would say don't say nothing, Kanye. Don't say nothing. But again, uh, Adidas, you're going to have to sell. You're going to have to give Kanye and break him off a piece of that. Because I'm going to say this right now to you. Uh, people were buying your stuff because of the Kanye name of it was on those brand. The Yeezy name means something. It means Kanye. Kanye brings a bigger fan base to your clothing line. Kanye brings a fan base to any company that wants to do business with him, or shall I say, he wants to do business with them. 
he brings his fan base with him, and he also brings the black fan base. He brings white fan base. He brings Hispanic fan base. He brings everybody along with him. That's what Kanye is. Kanye is a big, like, icon, just period. So, with you guys now stripping the name Yeezy off of the products that you're planning on selling, yeah, they might be the same shoe. Yeah, they might look the same. They might have everything the same. But if they don't have the name Yeezy on it, that's going to be a problem. Just like when I see Jordans around. People just say Jordans. They don't say the actual shoe title or what is titled. People might say, well, Gerald is technically Jordan 4s, Jordan 6s, blah, blah, blah. Listen here. If that shoe was not named Jordan, I don't think that shoe would sell out. And Nike understands that. That's why it's called Jordan. So I hope, Adida, you guys will understand that, yo, you guys might not like Ye. You're going to have to strip the name off cool and all that. Break them off a piece of that bread. And when this dust all settles down, Kanye comes back, you guys can rename them back the Yeezys, and then the shoes that you guys already put out, guess what? They will now be limited edition because people are going to run after the shoes that you guys put out. They didn't have Ye's name on them. And then when Ye comes back, and when he makes more shoes, the shoes that were already out, they'll just be special. So again, smart marketing, smart business plan, if you guys do get smart with it, because again... We, the public, we have a short attention span because people will always say something stupid. People will always do something stupid. It's the fact of life. It's wash, rinse, repeat constantly in the news cycle every single week, every single month. So Kanye might be in some hot water, what, for this last month or the month coming in. But by next year, rolling into it, somebody's going to say something more stupid and do something more foul. And everybody's going to forget about Kanye. And that's whenever Kanye's going to be able to slowly start dipping his feet back into the limelight again. And ta-da, he's back cool with everybody else. So, again, Adidas, work it out with Kanye. And Kanye, continue to sit back in the dark and collect your money from Adidas. Because if they don't give you it, then just sue them. Because they know they're supposed to give it to you. Now on to the next topic, as this comes from Reuters, Elon Musk warns of Twitter bankruptcy as more senior executives quit. Twitter's new owner, Elon Musk, on Thursday raised the possibility of social media platform going bankrupt, capping a chaotic day that include a warning from a U.S. privacy regulator and the exit of the company's trust and safety leader. The billionaire on his first mass call with the employee said that he could not rule out bankruptcy. Bloomberg News reported two weeks after buying it for $44 billion, a deal that credit experts says has left Twitter's finances in a precarious position earlier in the day in his first company-wide email. Musk warned that Twitter would not be able to survive the upcoming economic downturn if it fails to boost subscription revenue to offset falling advertising income. Three people who have seen the messages told Reuters. So, okay, there's going to be an offset here. Twitter could go bankruptcy in the next, what, year or two. It don't matter to me, let's be honest, because a lot of people in a lot of places go bankrupt and somehow they're able to figure these type of stuff out without actually going bankrupt. Because when I think of going bankrupt, I mean, like, everything is just, like, completely shuts down. The whole business is done. You're out of work, out of job, and all this type of stuff. But now you got different bankruptcy terms. You got bankrupt here, like, Article Subsection B, blah, 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 blah. Like, dog. Listen, we all hear bankrupt. We all think just straight up just being poor. You have no money. No, there's different things for bankrupt. I don't know if businesses got that, but I know for like these celebrities, I said they're bankrupt and somehow they're still living in big houses and all this type of crap. There's different bankrupt. So I don't know what type of bankrupt this is talking about here. This might be the going out of business type or this might be some type of, well, we don't have the money for this and that. We might have to cut some crap back. I don't know what it is, but 
if Twitter goes down, hey man, Twitter had a nice run. I enjoyed my time on it. I'm still going to enjoy my time on it for the rest of the remaining time that we do have on Twitter. Just to be watching people go stupid and especially going stupid now because uh, this past week, Twitter had to pull back their uh, Twitter blue signups because people were literally signing up to be fake versions of different uh, celebrities. You had people being fake versions of LeBron James. You had people being fake uh, versions of George W. Bush and just other like celebrities and like high profile names, as well as somebody like made a fake like Twitter for Nintendo and they had like Mario flipping off uh, just a photo of Mario just giving people the bird just straight up and they had to quickly take down uh, the Twitter blue uh, situation and for people that don't know Twitter blue is basically you signing up for a subscription to say that you're verified and that's how people usually like get money off of like Twitter to my best understanding people that are verified you get to make money from tweets you get brands to like look at your freaking uh, Twitter page and all this type of stuff that want to connect with you because you have that special blue check mark listen I never cared for it. I always like, okay, somebody got a check mark. Congratulations. Um, but yeah, there was a lot of people being fake, just people that supposedly, if you have the check mark, people believe it. But now you can click on people's check marks in their bios to see exactly why they have that check mark. Certain people are legitimately who they say they are because they actually provide uh, information to the government, uh, important information to government, uh, news. They're actually who they say they are while. Other people, if you click on their check marks, they're just got the check mark because they are verified for uh, signing up for Twitter Blue. So that's just my whole funny thing with this. Anybody can buy the check mark. Anybody can do it. It's just that whenever you create like imposter like profile pictures and profile like uh, profiles, it was just hilarious to me because people took that thing real serious, especially the LeBron James tweet saying that he's going to uh, be going back to Cleveland. He wanted to be traded back. Or some type of crap like that. And people just got into a frenzy about that. And then people had to look into it and say, no, that's not real. That's not LeBron James. And okay, listen here. Just know what you're doing. The internet is a fake place. The internet is a real place. It's 50-50. You got to look into exactly who's publishing things, who's writing things down, who's saying these things. And look at their ads, by the way. Because some of their ads are real easy to like know that that's not the real person. Like for, there was a fake one that has for Donald Trump and it says at Don Trump real. Donald Trump's thing would never say that. Okay. They had another one. They had somebody even like saying that they were Jesus Christ on here. And just the at was like Jesus. Like, come on, dude. We're not, people shouldn't really take this stuff serious. Twitter is not a real place. Twitter is a place where people just go there and just tweet stuff out and just hopefully get a kick. And if you want to have some conversation with people, you can do that. If you want to troll people there, you can do that too. But I would suggest you just to take the platform for what it is as a place you can just throw something out there and just let it be, let it fly, and just see if people start uh, having conversations with you. That's about it. Now, before I get you guys out of here, um, I just want to talk about the importance of episode 100, today's episode for me. Uh, episode 100 is a milestone. Usually the number 100 in anything is always a big thing, big celebration. Me, I don't have a big celebration. Me, I just wanted to talk because... This was always something I wanted to do for some time, and I just never knew how to start it up until I just said, screw it, let's do it. And you can look back at episode one to now, I've gotten better, at least in my personal opinion. If you look at, if you hear episode one and then you hear now, you at least could spot some differences in that. And as the episodes get 
we're getting from episode one to the episode fives, tens, the thirteens, the so forth. Uh, the quality in my microphone got better. You start hearing different aspects, getting better. Me adding sound bites, me adding music to it, me adding just different things. You saw the evolution in it. The next evolution is hopefully me just doing something that I want to do as well with this podcast, but I'm going to wait on that before I actually say it. Um, but episode 100 is important to me. It's a big thing. This means I have never, ever missed 100 weeks. I have never missed an episode of uploading to you guys. I've never missed a single solitary day, even when I had to travel to different states. I always try to make sure I have an episode ready in the tub just to throw out there to uh, appease the people that are listening to this to, to this boy just talking to a microphone that's talking out into the void, which is real, real, again, weird when you think about it because you don't know who's really listening to you. You only can just check out your analytics to see who is listening to you from different countries and just try to try to ping it just to try to see like, okay, I might know somebody in this state that might be listening to me or, okay, wow, somebody in Greece who I'm surprised I even get played over there in Greece. Somebody has the fortitude to even look me up in Greece, which is still weird. Even in the Ukraine, still weird. They're going through some hard times right now. And people in the Ukraine have been listening to me since I've been talking about it and they been listening to the episodes even when I'm not talking about their war over there I want to thank them as well it's just real weird when you start to really dig into who is possibly listening to you and um I just want to say thank you it's uh humbling real humbling especially again I'm a guy who doesn't have a much uh I don't have much social media um presence I'm just a guy that likes to post things and just dip out and just go about my everyday life and I will like talk to certain individuals when I talk to them on this thing and uh it's just still humbling that's all I got to say about that I'm running in circles here I do want to say this though um doing a podcast is easy but it requires you to look into certain things it requires some time because when you look into things it all depends on what your podcast is you got to know that when you first start you're not going to be making money I'm not making money off of this right now. I'm still trying to figure out ways to make money off of this. That's one. And two, you got to know to keep going. When you keep going, you're going to create a fan base. You're going to create loyalty within the viewers and the listeners that are going to be wanting to always listen to your product. And that's what I have here. And um, it took me some time. I believe this is literally the second year I've actually cultivated some type of around the world listening to this pod, which is still, again, I've already said it before, it's still weird, but it is what it is. Um, it's going to take some time. And also, people, what people do not tell you about making a podcast is that I hope you have your time scheduled out for how long you actually want to speak. Because when you first start, you might say you want to do an hour, two hours, but then you realize that, yo, you might have to stop in the middle of it and take a water break or something because your throat gets extremely dry, especially whenever you're new to this space and area and you're not used to talking a lot. And um, yeah, just those little quick little quirks there. If you want to do a podcast, go ahead and do it. I would advise anybody to do it. The podcast space is big and there's always a market for everybody, and especially since everybody has a voice. I would just say, go ahead and throw one out there. But if you're going to use it for just strictly evil, I wouldn't do it because we have enough evil running around this planet now. So keep those evil thoughts to yourself. If you actually just want to 
speak about things that you have questions about and other people might have questions about, then go ahead, throw it out. But if you just want to use something for evil, yeah, don't do it. Now, with that all being said, I want to get you guys out of here. You can find all my social media links as usual per the episode description. When you click it, you see my Twitter, my Instagram, and my Yahoo for uh, email confirmation, emails, all that good stuff. If you want to contact me, that's the place you can uh, find me at there. And also, I have the suicide hotline number because, again, I do care about people's mental health. I do care about people's um, stability. I want people to be okay. I want people to live on this earth instead of just deciding to quit and um, leave off this earth because, again, you don't know who you are affecting when you do that because you don't know who wants to see you around. You just have no idea until you pass away and uh, your family sees who was around you and who actually cared for you. But again, please do not uh, try to commit. Please just call that number if you have some type of tendencies or feel some type of way. Call that number that's in the description. Please do that. Now, always remember. I love you. I love you. I love I love you all. I thank you all. I want to thank everybody that constantly has downloaded the podcast episodes. I want to thank the Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, all the other podcast uh, platforms that keep me on their platforms that allow me to say what I want to say and that haven't took me off. I really appreciate it. And remember, this isn't goodbye. This is until you hear from the sweet sounding voice again. This has been my Two Cents Podcast presented by G2. Always remember, don't be a dick. Be courteous to people out there on this planet because you don't know what they're dealing with and they don't know what you're dealing with. So please don't be a dick. Be just hospitable. Be uh, kind to all these other individuals. And please take care of your day. Take care of yourself. and Just take care of your mental health. And you will hear from me again next Sunday. And with that, Kanye, can you please take these people home? I'm tired. You tired. Uh-huh. Jesus wept. Uh-huh.